0: Welcome to the May 19th edition of the PFF Forecast. A great episode today. We've got Aaron Nagler. Uh, We're previewing the NFC North. And, of course, no conversation can happen about the NFC North unless it starts with Aaron Rodgers. And there's probably no person that knows more about that situation from team and from Aaron's perspective than Aaron Nagler. Great conversation. He drops a ton of knowledge. We also talk, of course, about the Vikings, the Bears, and a little bit about the Lions, Let's rock. Before we get to Aaron, we just have to check in on on a very key conversation that we've been having let's rate the fit here Collar shirt okay that's not bad Yep. uh nice shorts they're not mm-hmm. wrinkled you're wearing real shoes mm-hmm. um so we're we're making a real step we're making in the right progress direction.
1: now the question is so we have to did i because obviously yesterday's pod chris's pod i dressed up in your words for Chris. Yes, of course. This podcast, I might have dressed up for Aaron. Yep. So Sunday is the real test. If I can come back from the gym. Sunday Looking is the okay test. on Sunday, then we we know that uh, a, a real, a real, there's been a, a regime shift, if you will. A new leaf <laughs> a has turned over. A new leaf. Um, speaking of Adam, by the way. Yeah, speaking of Adam. <laughs> His attire. You think he, had, he and
0: Eve had a podcast back in the day? Do you think they rated each other Two Leafs? I don't know. Three Leafs, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the Leaf discussion. Um, all right. right, we're getting, This is a great conversation. My dad might like
1: that joke. I, hey, Dad.
0: Uh, my, my mother would like that joke as well. <laughs> um, we have got uh, a great conversation, so we're not going to um, waste your time getting to it. It's, he spent about an hour with us, and it's all good, especially, I'll note, the conversation at the end was also really good. So Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, the Packers, he knows everything about the freaking Packers. Let's get it. Before we get to Aaron, got to tell you a couple things that are going on. First off, at PFF, if you like this podcast, you're going to love a couple of other podcasts. Um, Ian Harditz does our fantasy football podcast. First off, he is a genius. The dude knows more data points that will align with fantasy football than any human on earth, and he makes sure he gives them to the people. He gives the people what they want. Um, there's no better fantasy football podcast to get real, actionable information and data quickly and Ian Hart's podcast. So go check that out. Also, Mike Renner and Austin Gale, the best draft podcast that is actually also just a really good podcast in general. The two-for-one drafts podcast uh, with Mike and Austin is a must listen. So if you like us or tolerate us, I think you'll like them. Go check them out. Other thing I got to tell you, DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a pretty nice opportunity here with the NFL pl- uh, NBA playoffs. Fuck, I wish. Um, if you bet on the over uh, for any game, uh, any playoff game, you will have a hand in lowering the total by one point. So every 1,500 players that bet the over, the total will drop by a point. So hopefully, by the time game time rolls around, it's a very low total. You're assured of winning. And then you can take your spoils and you can bet them on the Bears or the Vikings or whoever the hell it is that you want to bet on in NFL futures. You got to use promo code PFF to make that happen. At Sign up. It's on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You should go do it now because... This promo will not last forever. It ends five twenty three twenty one. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Are the only places restrictions apply. It's a max $25 wager, one per customer. As I said, offer ends May 23rd. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a problem, call 100 Gambler or one 800 with it Last thing, hey, if you bought crypto right now, you might be, uh, I don't know, depending on where you bought it and didn't sell, a little pissed. Don't worry, symbols has got your back. At Symbol, you can go buy shares of NFL, NBA, I NHL. I just bought a
1: share of the 49ers, so I'm there sorry, you go. by the way. Like, there, that yeah, is. you've kiboshed them. <laughs> but it's
0: basically like a stock market for sports teams. You can go buy shares of team stock. You get paid a dividend when they win games, and of course you can trade that stock as the price fluctuates. Um, Major League Baseball is in full swing. I have no fucking idea why you'd ever be watching it. But if you want a reason to, you could buy some stock in an MLB team. I literally couldn't tell you anything about what's going on in baseball. because The have... Tony La Russa stuff? Oh yeah, I can tell you Tony La Russa is an idiot. I didn't need <laughs> the recent stuff to tell you that. Um, but uh, But you can make it more interesting by buying shares in Major League Baseball teams. Maybe it takes you through the summer. I personally will be investing in NFL teams. I love your Niners play. Use promo code PFF when uh, you deposit $10 at Symbol and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That costs you $40 normally. You get it with a $10 deposit at Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot app slash PFF. It's a great deal. Go make it happen. And now, Aaron Nagler. It is our distinct honor to once again welcome the great Aaron Nagler uh former foe now a friend <laughs> i was thinking about this the first time that the enemies people... maybe well, that yeah I, okay
1: i think frenemies about. though is like a is a present term which i think oh. we've gone past enemies like just friends. Oh, we have we have that's true i that would
0: say true. there's a respect there where we can make fun of each other now and it's not sure. um it's not biting.
2: Absolutely. but for people that i was trying to keep up the bit you know but now you yeah. like punctured it, yeah so now we... it's like... killing we're now killing people
1: with kindness up. over here but we've yeah. turned
2: the corner. really.
0: Um, but for <laughs> people who so. are listening to this and do not know where this stems from is what feels like five years ago, the Seahawks and the Packers played in the playoffs. And in the run up to that game, um, I believe the term I used, I want to say it was like overrated or something about the Packers. Or the most overrated. I think the word was fraud. maybe? Fraud. Oh yeah. Fraudulent. Totally. fraudulent. Yeah. Fraudulent.
2: Most fraudulent thirteen and three team of all time. Yes. I believe was uttered at some Which, point. Which, granted, it doesn't matter. The, was a phrase that was used.
1: Granted, you know? the group of thirteen and three teams is pretty small. Yeah. So somebody has to be that. I
2: I look. I fell in. But the sword. did we decide that that was the Saints last year? Now. I think I mean, we decided that the, the 08 that the
1: '08 yeah. Titans were the. Oh, okay. For right. most frauds, the, fraud, the Kerry <laughs> Collins Titans.
0: And as what a pull. So as a result, there was a, a nice little feud that stemmed there, um, and it was a little contentious at first, and we buried the hatchet, we had you on, um, and we, this is now like the third or fourth time, and it's, right. um, I think we did this well, last year to prove I'll leader.
2: also say, I'll interject here and say, you know, it, 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 the thaw happened because we met in real life True. at the combine. And, True. you know, chilling and having beers and talking football is always a way to peace in our time. Like, Correct. There's zero doubt. You if you mean have an issue with anybody me, online, meet them in life, have beers, talk about it, and you're more likely going to get past it.
0: You mean to tell me that interacting solely on social media is not the way? I'm just
2: saying, I'm trying to forge a brand new, kind of brave new world here where people actually talk to each other in real life. I don't know. I, know, I think maybe it'll catch on. Well, I think. I we'll see. Uh, yeah i
1: think that that's that's always fun and and obviously that's what we missed this year with the combine and the super bowl and all that good stuff no and no hopefully doubt. we can hopefully we can get that back uh to, to back uh, this year i think
0: it's coming back pretty quickly yeah i, yeah, I, I went to try and buy like plane flights last night and i was like oh
2: everything <laughs> oh, <we're> is back <laughs> everything is crazy <laughs> people I, are moving people yeah. are traveling no doubt
0: all right let's start with this so uh, for anyone who does not know Aaron Nagler is the, um, the I would say the person I go to first when I want to know anything about the Packers or Rogers or anything Green Bay related you're the number one person and so it makes sense not. to start with this pretend we are complete novices we know nothing we've been subject to a bunch of random shit spewed from social <clears> media <throat> I want to know from you what is what is the genesis? Tell us the Aaron Rodgers story. What's your timeline? What are the facts that you believe to be true? That, um, that how would you tell the story?
2: Uh, that's a what is that? that that reminds me of the line from Princess Bride. Let Ooh. me explain. No, there's too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> um, Synthesize. For I us. mean, look, it, I'm glad you threw it in there. The from you know from what I know or think to be true Mm -hmm. because obviously there's a whole lot that has gone on behind the scenes that we are not privy to on the outside looking in i can say we were talking before we went on here like the report itself came at a surprising time i was not surprised by the report uh the idea that rogers is frustrated to a point where he is ready and more than willing to drop a media bomb so to speak leading up to the draft that tactic at first was surprising but when I really thought about it, it took me a little bit, and then I thought, wait a second, you remember last year when he literally talked about sitting at home and being blindsided by the selection of Jordan Love, and then he goes out and has an MVP season, turns around and says to Brian Gutekunst, well, now it's your turn to squirm. That's kind of what I think has happened here. Now, as far as the lead up to it, I mean, this goes back a long way. I don't think, and again, we haven't heard from Aaron, so we really don't know what's true and what's you know how much fire there is underneath the smoke. Hmm. I do know the frustration is real. There's zero doubt about that. I know we've seen reports about him wanting Gutekunst fired, uh, things about how the team letting go, Jake Kumaro was the last straw, etc. <laughs> Again, like a lot of this is, is probably easily dismissed, but I know he's been frustrated throughout his kind of Green Bay tenure, whether it goes back to even when Ted was in charge. Um, Brian obviously came on after Ted and one of the very, very first major moves that Brian made was letting go of Jordy Nelson. Now, this is how Green Bay has operated. They obviously don't talk to their quarterback about these moves. Aaron clearly feels he is in a spot in his career where not only does he have something to offer uh, as far as you know, guys that he thinks should be brought in or guys who should be kept around, but I think he probably feels like, yeah, not only do I have something to offer, I've earned a right at the table to, have, to at least be part of those conversations. Clearly that's not how Green Bay operates, never has been. Um, so that kind of, to me, is not surprising. The contentious back and forth, the, the 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 drama, if you will, between the two sides, I think it's been building for a while, where I think the Packers really erred here. And I, you know, a lot of people, Some I get a lot of accusations that I am, because I am a Packers fan, uh, that I just defend the team full tilt no matter what. And I, you know, can obviously say here that the biggest Mistake the Packers made here. And I don't. I'm with the Packers as far as like, yeah, Rodgers isn't the GM, nor should he be. He shouldn't be in those conversations. I'm fine with that. But where the Packers really screwed up, it, to me, it goes back up to Mark Murphy, the mm. CEO and president of the team who was literally there the last time they went through this with Brett Favre. Yeah. So he was fresh on the job at that point, but he clearly went through it. He mm. knows everything that happened as far as Brett and the acrimonious kind of way he held the franchise after the selection of Aaron Rodgers and all the drama that ensued Mark Murphy is the one guy who had a front row seat to all this has some on-the-job training Hmm. you have to think at some point when Brian Gutekunst because this is what Mark did he made himself more involved on the football side when he restructured the power structure in Green Bay and now wants in on weekly or bi-weekly meetings with the general manager and the head coach and Russ Ball, the cap guy, they all report to him now. Well, at some point, you know Gudekin said, you know, Mark, there's a good chance that I could take a quarterback in this draft. Obviously, this is last year. Mm -hmm. Mark Murphy not stepping in at that moment and saying, you have got to let Aaron Rodgers know. I understand this is how we've always operated. I understand it kind of goes against our standard MO. But if anyone on this earth has earned the right to at least be told that we might select a quarterback it's aaron Rodgers, the guy who not only stirs the drink in green bay but has basically kept us all employed for the last mm-hmm. decade
1: yeah like he aaron,
2: absolutely you- should know and mark didn't do that and it blows my mind that the guy who like i said made this restructure because he what he saw I and mean, he has said publicly was a lack of communication within the football side mm-hmm. then now turns around and doesn't communicate to his gm this one very important point because i do think it's not happenstance it's not coincidence that this news dropped on the day of the draft yeah. it does i think lead right back to the selection of jordan love the year
0: before why i was gonna say why if i mean he's not a stupid guy like do you believe it was a sin of omission or a sin of commission why didn't he
2: say something it's a great, great question. It's something I want to ask Mark directly the next time he's made available because we have not been able to talk to him since this news broke. We talked to him a few times this off season prior to the Schefter report, but I have no idea. I literally—it's the one thing that I keep coming back to—that I'm like, I can't believe this very simple thing didn't happen. And it's interesting how Mark's Murphy's tenor has completely changed. You'll—I don't probably—you don't follow the Packers day in and day out the way I do but immediately after the NFC Championship game lost you remember Rogers making some very pointed comments mm-hmm. at, at, at the, his press conference the post-game press conference about his future and the, the mystery around it and what have you and very shortly thereafter even maybe like a day or two after that Mark Murphy had a laughing quote that said we're not idiots we're not trading Aaron Rodgers." like blah 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 well now you fast forward to the next time we were able to talk to Mark and Rob Domofsky asked him about what was had been bubbling and we all knew about kind of this tension with Rogers, and Mark's tone had completely changed to, oh, I can't talk about anybody. You know, these are contract matters. Blah blah blah. Mm. Well, at that point, it was pretty clear that okay, something was up, and this is before the Schefter thing. So it was clear that this has been building, and at that point, we now know, according to Schefter's timeline, that is right smack in, dab in the middle of when Mark was most likely flying to talk to Aaron on a mm. apparently couple times on a weekly basis I don't know how many times it happened but Mark Matt uh, Brian presumably have all made their trip and like I said the tone completely shifted from Haha, we're not idiots to oh we can't talk about that
1: uh, Aaron so, do you think- uh, that's
2: why I keep saying it's very real what's going on between these two sides
1: Aaron do you think that the history of the Green Bay Packers really plays into this in a way that like I mean they simply I mean, when you look at the history of the team, you're talking about three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right? Mm. and probably 20 years of really desti- uh, desolate play, right? Like just awful yep. quarterback play, followed right. by basically continuous Hall of Fame quarterback play. And because I worry I worry that this is like a cautionary tale because I, I know you tweet out, and I generally agreed with this until this until this situation where you say, you know, usually when you, you don't want to draft a quarterback at the moment you need one, you want to draft one beforehand. And I think that, that it obviously worked for Green Bay when they when they've drafted every guy, like Brunel, Ty Detmer, you know, all those guys, uh, Aaron you know, Rodgers being the last yeah. one. But at the same time, I, I think about the way things are working now with some of these quarterbacks where it's so difficult to get out from under them in many ways. And the mm. rookie quarterback contract is so, the edge is almost completely in playing them early, where the bar is so much lower. They can be a Jared Goff type of player, and you can still win with them because they're so inexpensive. Is there is there a problem? I think with when you have a Hall of Fame QB. I'm not talking about like Kirk Cousins. I'm not talking about Stafford. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about good quarterbacks. Like I, I'm talking about when you have. Brady when you have Rogers when you have Drew Brees is there is there something to this idea that you just let it play out and then move on because it does seem like it's the, the awkwardness there of either take, letting him right. go taking on a ton of dead money um, in doing so or playing out the string where like Jordan Love might be in your like let's say things work out really well for Green Bay and Rogers returns and Rogers continues to play well Jordan Love might never play for them and, and as such, that first-round pick, it's sort of like, you know, it, it's a it's a lottery ticket that didn't hit. It's fine. It's a but sunk like, cost. Yeah, exactly. Right? So yeah. do you think – Do you, have you changed your mind at all about this idea of of drafting a quarterback, especially now with the new CBA, when you already have an elite guy? Should you just rip the Band-Aid off and cut the guy right away, like last year at the time, or right. play it out until he retires and then – and then say, look, we're not going to be great for the next couple of years, which I can see Packers fans not wanting because you had to deal with the, six, the 70s and the early 80s and stuff like that. <laughs> Some of
2: us. I mean, I got a lot of young Packers fans in my mentions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About
1: but you, you, know I'm, so. you, know, you know what I'm trying to I ask? Do. Like, I I think this is a ho- I, think I think the bridge from Hall of Fame QB I, I, right. to Hall of Fame oh, QB yeah. was only singular in the Packers sense and the 49ers sense with Steve Young. Everything else has been mostly like this, this transition has been super awkward.
2: And hard and fruitless a lot of the time. I mean, the Dolphins are still searching for a guy after Dan Marino. So, yeah, I mean, have I changed my mind? No, not at all. I think the Packers definitely were trying to have their cake and eat it too. There's no doubt about that. And I think in Aaron's own words, his play last year, his MVP-level play certainly messed up some time. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Aaron saw the writing on the wall. He knew how the contracts lined up. He was pretty certain that – He would probably be playing in Green Bay one more year and then be shipped off. That could still happen. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that that's not still a possibility. Now, all of that said, I understand everything you guys say when it comes to the taking advantage of the rookie contract. There is zero doubt of the advantage there. I completely understand it. But there's nothing that says you can only win one way. And the Packers, as you say, have a very entrenched history now since Ron Wolf came on board They've won a ton of boatload of ball games, and they've obviously acquired and drafted two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and developed, I might throw in there, as well. Has the league landscape changed? Obviously. I think Brian saw the opportunity to add a guy who he really likes, clearly. And, yes, he is willing to have him sit, even though it would be, obviously, from a team construction standpoint, probably be more advantageous to have him on the field and jettison the old guy so then you can use that that capital around him to build your team right I don't doubt for a second that that is a, a way a lot of teams are going to win in the NFL but that doesn't mean it's the only way to win mm-hmm. and I know there's history of uh, cap percentage as far as what you allocate to a quarterback and how no guy taking up that amount of cap has ever won a championship etc I get that but that doesn't mean the Packers can't be the first well, um, and, and you guys have been in. I'm all for. I love the idea of, of Jordan Love sitting for a few years and learning, just like Aaron did. Yes, the league is very different, but there's nothing to say that Jordan Love coming in and playing right away and then freeing up all this cap space. I mean, you talk about the burned first-round pick, and I do get that a lot with, oh, you wasted a first-round pick if he never plays or what have you. How is that any different than saying they took – Another guy on the defensive side of the ball who doesn't live up to expectations and really never pans out. Well, well I, I would argue. I'd much I, rather have the possibility well, of and security that's what, at the quarterback position. To me, the upside there is way higher than, say, well, picking some random corner or defensive line. Well, and I think that
1: that's how people have to think about the Jordan Love pick uh, after it's all said and done, and I think where the Packers erred. Because if you're going, if, if your quarterback's Matt Ryan and you can't get rid of him for two years, if your quarterback's Aaron Rodgers, you can't get rid of him for two years, and you decide to do this, you have to be on the same page with your quarterback and say, look, we are well, not again, playing yes, Jordan. That's
2: their fatal flaw yeah, in this Yeah, regard, yeah. Right?
1: we're not playing Jordan Love. We are not replacing you with Jordan Love. We we are drafting Jordan Love in the event that something happens, but he is not the like cause I agree with you, Aaron. Like if he if you draft Mike Hughes there and he fucking sucks
0: and and you get nothing out of him, what's really right. the difference? Well, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I remember we talked right yes. you and I did the post draft yeah. thing. And the first thing I said was Aaron Rodgers is gonna be fucking amazing this year. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm not saying that he wouldn't have still been amazing, Aaron, because Aaron, both Aaron's I'm talking to, you know, like (laughs) I think, I think the potential for him to have been an MVP obviously was there, but, if you don't get the MVP season and say that he even regresses more, say he's more, he's less excited to be a Packer than he was even the year before. And like it right. metastasizes. Well, then we're sitting here and going, maybe they should have drafted
2: a quarterback last year. You know, like, I mean, that's the thing. But people forget that. Like that last year with McCarthy and then the first year with Matt, they were not world Beaters. You know, he was not on fire the way he was last year. And I get it, second year in the system, that is always the thing that gets thrown out there like, oh, he's naturally developing. Come on, it doesn't take a second year in the system for a professional quarterback to learn where his check down is. I'm sorry. You know, the big thing last year that he really improved upon was his efficiency and playing from the pocket, mm-hmm. which is something we, many of us on the outside, I know Greg Cosell has been screaming this for years, have been begging him to do. Uh, and then all of a sudden, last year, He, you know, his uh, supposed heir apparent has been drafted, and suddenly he's dedicated himself to playing from the pocket. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting how that timing worked out. So, again, I don't, I get what Brian was trying to do. And given how his quarterback was not playing up to the level he had been, I understand wanting to get ready for the future. I mean, I don't think that's like a crazy idea if you're the Packers.
0: I remember we really honed in on this idea of like accepting, you know, and buying into. The the scheme and taking whatever you could from it and, and making the most of it, and you saw that. Now, would he would he have still been as motivated to do that without Jordan Love? Who knows? My question, the follow up that I have to this is: is it really as simple as a blown communication here? Because I, if any of us working in any facet of life or just right. living in life with a relationship, no. And I've said this before: you can have a great relationship between with mutual respect. And as soon as communication breaks down it can go from respect to hate and and anger really quick is it that simple or is there anything else that we're
2: not putting into the equation yeah i don't think i mean i think that could be like the spark to the tinder Mm. right i mean Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that that plays a major role i think this kind of chinese wall between personnel and the players and i'll tell you this since this rogers stuff has come out i have talked to more than one guy in that locker room and who used to be in that locker room who have all expressed their frustrations with how green bay goes about their business when it comes Mm to you know whether it's back when micah high was up for free agency and they never even reached out to him Uh, another thing they did again this year with Corey lindsley who's coming off a you know it's the most valuable center pro first all pro selection ever you know you would think you'd get a courtesy call it's like look We'd love to keep you around, but obviously we are strapped cap wise, et cetera. Good luck out there. If you don't find something you like on the open market, we'd more than love to have you back and talk about whatever. They didn't do that with Corey. They didn't do it with Micah back in the day. To me, that's ridiculous. I mean, how do you operate in like just such a callous manner towards these guys and you're the supposed draft and develop program mm-hmm. well micah hyde developed mm-hmm. and then you don't even talk to him you don't even wish him well and then he goes out to buffalo and proves how good great he was becoming you develop that guy at least talk to him um so that was that's been a growing theme from what i can sense talking to guys like i said both in and outside the locker room who have been in the locker room i just think you know and you talk about the packers and their history everybody comes through that building Obviously, trained under Ron Wolf. At least most of the guys who have gone on to become GMs, whether it's John Schneider, whether it's Reggie McKenzie, now Brian in Green Bay, you know, they all come through what Ron taught them. Ted too in Seattle, and then obviously in Green Bay. Um, and I do start to wonder that maybe okay, you've had this quote-unquote way of working that has been very fruitful, and you have had a lot of success. But the league is changing. You've seen the grumblings of all these quarterbacks. You've seen this idea, the NFLPA pushing back on things, now, albeit maybe not as successfully as they would hope, as far as voluntary workouts, what have you. But man, the players are getting more of a voice. The players are having a little bit more power. Now, I don't think it'll ever be NBA levels, but they certainly are more kind of vocal and they have a little bit more kind of leverage than they maybe have had in the past. And I think the Packers need to adjust in that regard because if they don't talk to a Micah Hyde, that's going to get out there. Your fans are going to hear about it, and your mm-hmm. fans are going to be like, what in the hell are you doing? So I just think they've had a lot of success. It would not kill them to maybe adjust some of these rules they have around how they operate because, Whoa. again, whether it is cutting Jordy Nelson, whether it is releasing Jake Kumaro after Rogers was on the radio talking good about him, whatever, <laughs> these things all build up. And when you throw in the fact that they don't communicate to Rogers, especially before they're about to take quarterback, I can see how that would – Piss a guy off after a while to the point where he might go nuclear in the media. Well, and they—they they Rogers in, is done. They act, and so
1: I agree with you. And they act incredulous towards Rogers for being a person about all this, right? To for <laughs> right. expressing his, you know. And, and well, plus, partially- I mean,
2: but to be fair, they have kissed his ass royally since this thing sure. came out. I mean, we've had Matt up there going, "We want him back in the worst yeah. way." We've had Brian saying, "He's our guy." Like, you know, they have showered him with praise but you you but see how they, it's the stuff behind the scenes that yeah. seems to be the issue
1: well you see what's happened since he's entered the league i mean what they did to well, what what the far situation was very calculated and cold by green bay right they right. they sort of nudged him into retirement before he was ready to
2: allegedly mean well, he, he kept talking about it though yeah too. sure he was pissed because they didn't trade for randy moss i mean there's a lot there yeah there's, the javon a walker
1: like they've acted extremely as you said
2: business-like in everything they've done and right. you know and the they're same. they're pretty thing when, ruthless that's the thing yeah. like people they they love to sell this image of you know the fan-owned team and you know mm-hmm. it's all beer and cheese curds and brats <laughs> up here but they are a ruthless group and that's partly why they've been successful but it can alienate
1: people there's well, zero question about and, it and so when rogers decides to do the stuff that he's doing jeopardy right you know right. not living in green oh, bay man, all the it's time it's been the summer of rogers yeah, all, a that, escape him. Exactly. all the stuff that Rogers is doing is just looking out for himself, which I think we've been conditioned as sports fans and analysts to believe the player needs to be team first. But I think you're right, Aaron. You're like, look at the league now. And these quarterbacks realize that, they're, I mean, no one wants to watch Jeff Driscoll play football. No one wants nope, to
2: watch Kyle so, Allen play football. Not even the, Jeff Driscoll's mother is out here. exactly. So, <laughs> or like even
1: there. like the one year it was like uh, Seneca Wallace, Scott Tolzien, oh, Matt Flynn. It's just like no what one wants to watch this. They understand that Scott that they're the guys, right? And so for them to act as businessmen. With the team that have acted as ruthless businessmen. The the thing I get frustrated with with this Rogers situation is real or not, imagined or not, the orientation that many have had towards Rogers, which is one of negativity, I feel like is unwarranted. I think Rogers has done a great job for Green Bay. He's always supported everything. Yeah. And it, especially outwardly, like I think anybody who you know, and that might be what Rogers' frustration is, is like, well, you you played the game with Favre. Right, that ended right. up that ended up working out well. So I can understand why you're going to play the game with me on the back end of my career. But if but I, I saw how you operated, that's yeah. the yeah. thing. If right? I turn Aaron it over on you C. and become an MVP, like much like Favre was in '07, then I want to be treated r- really well. And it looks like he hasn't it hasn't been to his liking. And unfortunately, in the NFL for the Packers, it's to the quarterback's
0: liking now. Yeah, yeah, it's I, definitely going that way. I keep thinking about like when you have these ways of doing things, and then you you know it's successful. And maybe one of the worst things you can have is like a rubric that works, <laughs> because <you've> nev- <laughs> you like you're like I, I'm. Right. Why would I adjust? Stop talking about the Steelers, okay? <laughs> why would I adjust? <laughs> and and it's such a good point. I just think it's like this is not this is a football team, but this is a life question. And it's like a how you treat people question. And I guess, you know, from my perspective, and I'm curious if you agree with this, Aaron, like you have to continually update the way you work, the way you interact with people, because times change faster every year than they do the year before. And to right. say that the way it worked five years ago is the way we should attack something now, to me is is nearsighted. Do you think that's tenable? Can they Can they take the things that have been successful and adapt them? or is it something where, no, no, you actually have to just upset the app card. you have to change everything?
2: Yeah, no, I think, they're, I think they're adaptable and I think they do adapt. What's funny is I actually asked, I tried to ask Brian about this, um, this before the Rogers drama happened, but kind of along this vein of how much do you adjust? And my question was around the idea that they've been really good at identifying in the draft, offensive linemen and wide receivers not so much at other positions like corner or defensive line Mm -hmm. and my question to brian which was a poor one because i didn't he he didn't really i think get what i was after but exactly what you're talking about as far as okay you've operated a certain way and you've had some success but how much do you go back and look at okay maybe this isn't working or maybe Mm -hmm. that is not bearing the kind of fruit or giving us the roi that we should be getting how often do you go back and look at your process? And Brian's answer was, well, we do it every year. We look at everything. We self-scout, etc." But everybody does that. You know what I mean? Every team mm-hmm. is, is constantly kind of evaluating the past year. But to your point, I think there's a really good chance that they have to kind of take a much bigger look as far as a 30,000-foot view of they've been working, the scouting department, the personnel group, the Ron Wolf way for so long. And it's been very successful, but to your point, man, things change each year. Each way of communicating, hell, the 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 way you can connect with players now is so entirely different mm-hmm. than it was five years ago. Let alone 30 years ago. Um, I just think they have to, they have to make some kind of change there because I can't believe in this day and age where every player is. Immediately, I mean, you you hear from guys all the time. All I found I found out about it on Twitter, Mm -hmm. whether it was a a move that affected him or his team or what have you. Prior to the team letting the guy know, he's finding out about it on social media. There's just there's got to be a better way, and I think Green Bay would be well served to try and kind of be a little bit more forward thinking that way communication
0: is so massive um we're gonna we're gonna i promise we're gonna stop talking about Rodgers. the the final question i have is i want you to I kind of put say. a stake. Right. <laughs> it, it's fascinating put a little bit of a stake in the ground here fill in the blank aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers starts blank games for the green bay packers this season 20 Ooh, my guy <laughs> so they get the one
1: seed and a bye and the then one. they win the Super Bowl. And they march.
2: And they march. And they march. They They're going to go scorch earth. After all of this, are you kidding me? Yeah. He, Man, yeah. just yeah. look Is, out. The, the Packers are going to go scorch earth on everybody. Okay. Rogers will be back. They're going to go kill it. I can't wait. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, the, the, J and J, the J and AJ stands for January. AJ Dillon. <laughs> Finally, we'll finally get to use that one. Yeah, well, let,
2: it'll <laughs> well be fourth. Done. You've been holding that for a while. I can tell. <laughs> look,
0: it'll be fourth and one instead of fourth and eight, and they'll oh, decide to go for it. Oh, come
2: on! Uh... Don't look back. <laughs> Only looking forward. Uh,
0: I so just, but something has to happen for that to be the case, right? Like there has to be. We can't right. just have status quo like and then people show up and play games like do they trade jordan love like someone's got no do they're not going to trade
2: jordan love I, maybe they do something to aaron's contract is my hunch but okay i don't think it's gonna be anything that locks green bay in completely um i do think though i really do think and i know people have thrown water on this every which way but loose but i honestly believe for the most part aaron has just enjoyed watching the packers twist for the last month and i think Same. there will be a resolution I would be absolutely shocked if he actually sits out any significant amount of time. I do suspect there's a little bit of Michael Strahan right here going on like I'm um, out in Hawaii you guys yeah. have fun at practice. I'll show up when I'm needed. They did win a Super because Bowl Because I that can year. because I'm Aaron Rodgers, which is the whole jettison of this argument and and Strahan
0: now hosts a very popular show on well, I was television. gonna I was gonna say <laughs> Aaron like indeed.
1: not maybe this is too <laughs> soon but the Giants did win a Super Bowl that year yeah that was exactly
2: my point. There you go. Um, I remember. I, do you remember that though? Because yeah. Michael like was just bombarded with, "Oh, he's well, so and selfish it, and blah blah blah." Yeah. Especially back then, like the yeah. attitudes towards players was very different. And then he literally showed up, probably right before, like it was right before the season, like ten days before the season started. Missed all of training camp. Came in in great shape. They went on March one. Super Bowl.
1: Giants started zero two. The second game in that season. The second game a was against the Packers. out loss to the That's Packers right. at home. Ryan Grant's breakout game. If That's, you right. That's right. Right. And, and uh, a legend. And then and then of course that was when Favre became Favre started getting soft like in two thousand six. And then that <laughs> and it, I remember I was living in Fargo and my 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 roommate and best friend was a is from Sheboygan. And so we were hanging out Land that night and the nose, the hair inside of our nose was, was freezing. It was so cold. And Sounds and beautiful. that weather made it its way to Lambeau for the NFC oh. title game. Yes, it's, it did.
0: What is, um, so let's transition now Packers more kind of at large here. And, and it's interesting. Right. I mean, they're currently in week one, a two and a half point underdog on the, you know, DraftKings sportsbook, their win total is not to Jameis Winston Saints, right? To Jameis Winston. Right. So clearly, the market not as sold on you uh, as, <laughs> as I am, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. on Rogers. Back, uh, on Rogers. You. And um, you know, the win total is not up there. That you can bet them to win the division. Obviously, you can't bet them technically to lose the division. But they're minus one seventy seven to win the division, which has um, gone
1: up in recent days. So that's a
0: good sign that they're listening to Aaron. Yeah, they're well. Literally, something's they, happening. They follow me
2: on Twitter, right?
0: Um, but, but I, I do want to ask you about the counterfactual, okay? So let's say Rodgers is gone. What's your opinion of, of Jordan Love if you can have one right now? And where are the right. Packers with Jordan Love? I, I just, I'm just curious. I mean, because we don't have – I don't want to be the person that says, oh, because he didn't suit up for a game, he must suck. Okay? I'm going right. to try not to do that. So and I'm the plan ask was always you.
2: for him not to suit up for games. I mean, that was 100% the idea of that's why they kept Tim Boyle around Um, you know what do they look like with Jordan Love I think they're very run centric and I think there's a lot less stuff at the line of scrimmage for the quarterback to change Um, but I do think Matt's system will help him and I do think it will give him some delineated reads but at some point he's gonna have to make a throw from the pocket on third and eight right and that's where he's gonna probably have his growing pains and he's gonna have to take his lumps and look if this is the first year of Jordan Love under center for the Green Bay Packers It is not going to be a Super Bowl campaign. It's going to be a tough slog. And I think they've got the talent to win some games with Jordan at quarterback. But there's no doubt. I mean, the kid is, what, second year in the league, has not taken a snap. Mm -hmm. He's going to maybe, you know, hopefully have a bunch of preseason work this year. Outside of that, we haven't seen much from him. We know he's got the tools. He can make any throw. His legs are awesome. He's got the athleticism. He's going to make plays. I have no doubt about that. But just the reality of life in the NFL is if he has to start, it's not going to be pretty. And I don't think any Packers fans should fool themselves into because I have people in my mentions like, "Well, Matt's scheme is just going to make it easy. Right. All he has to do is be competent." I'm like, "Do you have any idea?" Like, I, it's like the does Matt Jones, Brett Hunley? Hunley was competent, and he would still look yeah. terrible. You know, it's like it's it's just reality of life in the NFL that if you know Jordan has to start, it's not going to be pretty.
0: Would would you rather have Justin Fields like who or Jordan Love? Because I, I, I'm thinking about it from like I'm about to ask you. Like, who are you most worried about? And you talked about the Bears last year. The Bears now, you know, have, have Justin Fields comes in as a rookie. Like, have you seen stuff uh, with Love in practice or heard things, you know, about that makes you willing to say, yeah, I'd actually rather have Jordan Love than, than Justin Fields?
2: Well, I'd rather have Jordan Love anyway. But, you know, the idea that Justin Fields, I do love, the, already on Twitter there's, there's the split screen of uh, the headline from Mitch Trubisky's first rookie minicamp about mm-hmm. how, quote-unquote, good he looked. And now we've got the same headlines about Justin Fields. And that's not to take anything away from Fields. I'm sure he's going to be very, uh, a very good quarterback. He'll be a Bears uh, quarterback. A successful career. Oh, yeah, but he <laughs> did go to Chicago. Um, yeah, no, I want Jordan Love. The Packers okay. selected him. And he has got all the tools. And he's, I, he's a year in the NFL. Like He's not you know, some scrub and uh, Pop Warner outfit. Like I'm all in on Jordan. I think he's got all the ability in the world. I think he's got every single tool you could ever want to play quarterback in the NFL. He just needs to play. And nobody's seen him do that, not at the NFL level. So not in the scheme, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch if it happens. But uh, it's gonna be frustrating at times. There's zero doubt. How do you think the market
0: would would weigh them, Eric? If they had love, so like I, just like love versus fields, because we've seen like market implied, you know. Um, it, offensive power ranking for you know rookie quarterbacks has been is low going Lower. into this year like what do you think what do you think the market would feel yeah about so of? I think so right now the
1: Packers are about in the market yeah like 0.8 points better than the average team on a neutral we have them about three points three and a half points better than a regular team on a neutral field which is top four in the NFL so that difference is something like I mean they're basically splitting the difference right so two and a half almost three you know two and a half points so, double that's five. We have Rodgers being about seven and a half points better than a, a normal quarterback on a neutral field-ish. i got to actually look at the numbers. I would say Love is probably considered one and a half, two points better than a, an average quarterback. Or not not an average, a, a replacement quarterback on a neutral, which is right around where I would put... Like, it's about a point to half a point lower than I put Burrow and all those other guys. And when Fields, you'd put... Fields, I'd put like a half point better than Love, uh, Love at okay. this point. But I, I mean... Fields is a top 11 pick, you know. Jordan Love is a top 30 pick, so it's like a, just a little different from expectation standpoint.
0: No one, no one needs to ask my opinion of this because <laughs> uh, the Fields, just Fields, syndicate rage this entire off season. Um, who, okay, so let's let's move now further away from the quarterback <sighs> room. Most so, let's assume Rodgers comes back. Who's right. the most important non-quarterback for the Packers this Ooh, year?
2: That's a good question. It's funny too because I think most people's gut reaction to that question would probably be Devonte adams yeah. but people forget the packers have won every game that Devonte adams has missed under matt Lafleur, which is crazy when you think about all the kind of headlines and narratives about a lack of weapons and how they have nothing after adams and yet whenever adams misses games they still win mm-hmm. um yeah that's a really good question i would probably go with i don't again would jump up to the idea would be David Bakhtiari, but he is probably going to miss a couple games mm-hmm. there at the beginning of the year. And with Elton Jenkins in the fold, you just kick Elton out there and you're, you're kind of good. So, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a pretty tough one. I would probably say maybe Jair mm-hmm. because of his ability to completely eliminate people and the luxury that gives you, especially with a new defensive coordinator coming into town with a new system, new scheme. I mean, Jair is a queen on a chessboard as far as yeah. his power and what he allows you to do. Um, so to me, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with Jair on this one. I think that's a really good- account. I think Adrian
1: Amos is also like an extremely important player for the Packers. One of
2: the most under, I said on a video the other day, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. I don't think there's any question, not just on the Packers, but in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he is so good and gets, you're almost no press about it um he doesn't make huge flash plays but he is really really good at the yeah. safety position he's uh, so consistent But to me jair is just a little bit more important because of just again the power of mm-hmm. everything you can do because yeah. you have him
0: let, let me pause it uh one for you aaron because i think this gets talked about a lot but i want to look at it from the you looked at Devontae adams and said okay the games that he hasn't played they've won and mm-hmm. I want to then fast forward to the game that they did end up losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you know Devonte, <sighs> <do> huh? <laughs> Devonte on his own like Devonte is amazing, and and I am the first to cop to like I was not I did not respect Devonte Adams game enough. That guy is an absolute wizard. And mm-hmm. in that game though, you saw a team like the Bucks with like six options. And the Bucs obviously end up beating the Chiefs, who have, you know, two options. And is there a a thing where it's like, yes, we can win regular season games without our ace, but we need even more than our ace to win, you know, like those really big games against great teams. And so maybe the most important player is one that we don't know yet that ends up making that offense more multiple.
2: Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I understand that kind of thinking, but you also have to... Remember that, I mean, Aaron Jones, who they just re-signed to a big money deal, uh, had probably one of his worst games as a Packer in that game and then got knocked out due to injury. You know, to me, the Stars have to play their best games in the biggest stages, and that didn't happen. Uh, Whether it's Aaron missing Devontae on a touchdown because he threw late, whether it's Devontae dropping a back shoulder in the end zone, a play he's made a million times, whether it's Aaron Jones fumbling deep in his own end, any one of those things goes the other way. And don't even get me started on Kevin King having a brain fart in coverage. <laughs> you know, Actually, any one of those things goes the other way, the Packers probably win that game. Well, you know, or the fact yeah. that David Bakhtiari suffers a freak injury in practice. Yeah. yeah. You know? So the, of course the Packers' tackles get abused in that game, etc. I just don't think you can overreact to those set of circumstances. Sure. The Packers have a really good team and they have a lot of ways to hurt you on offense. I just don't see it as okay, yeah, we got to load up in case Devonte's taken out, they've shown they can do that. They've shown they have the ability to do that. They also would help, it would also help, if they didn't become so Devontae-focused on their offense. And I'm not, I know a lot of people put that on Aaron, but that's clearly Matt as well. You know, they draw up so many plays for him and they feed him the ball so much, which I love. He's super talented. But man, you talk about, well, Brady had all these different ways to hurt the Packers. The Packers had those ways. They just kept trying to make the same thing hmm. work. And to me, that was the fatal flaw. I mean, you look at – you talk about, okay, they needed somebody else to step up because Adams was doing whatever or taken away or what have you. MVS absolutely balled out in that game. Yeah. Go back and watch yeah. it. And I'm yeah. not talking just the numbers. The numbers are good. But just his play on the field, he was phenomenal, probably the best guy on the offensive side of the ball. And that's a guy who had been maligned all year. Talk about the drops, et cetera. He has a huge touchdown to get him going. His couple other nice big catches, great work in the running game. I mean – The tool, they have the pieces necessary. And I think that's why Brian took a look, said, Nope, I'm bringing the whole band back for one more push. Because I do think in that game in particular, their best players didn't play their best games, and they were somewhat kind of a victim of the timing of that game. Do you think that that, that's what makes
1: analyzing the Packers difficult, though? Because, you know, you're talking, and I don't mean to bring up like old memories, but like, you know, they're a team that's made (laughs) and made a bunch of NFC title games which right. I think is probably a more of a, a symbol of, of of the you know of efficiency of what they're doing like it's a good thing that they're yeah. making like you'd rather make the right. NFC title game consistently than not and right. then every single time there seems to be something that happens that a crazy frustrating thing yeah and and <laughs> and it's not it's the easy thing to say is look they just they they didn't play that well that day or they got unlucky and in the case of the Seahawks game like six seven years ago is like they just made a couple bonehead plays you know like uh, Morgan Burnett fell down when he mm-hmm. should have run it in for a touch like all this stuff and it's like uh-huh.
2: Clinton Dix misjudging the two-point conversion I mean there's like 20 different things exactly
1: wrong. so then you know? so and, and granted like we all like loss. to gravitate towards things and I think we look at one mm-hmm. team that was in the Super Bowl last year who literally took that game as the gospel for what for their entire offseason yeah and it's right. like, and I fear that you're missing out on literally everything. Like, you change your course of action to yep. address the O line when, like, the the honest to god reason that you lost the Super Bowl is because eighty percent of your O lines injured, and and that's yes. not that's not something you can plan for now. Right? Is that that might be a feather in the cap of Green Bay? sort of like because you're right. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they I get, sort of. I totally
2: get what you're saying, but like the idea of like not wanting to overreact to a single game is something that every personnel guy will preach and they'll talk about, but sometimes it happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's, you know, or two games in the case of Ron Wolf when Randy Moss completely torched them his rookie year and Ron Wolf turns around and literally drafts three defensive backs the next year right in a row and then talks about, Oh, it's not because of Randy Moss. Of course it was because of Randy Moss, but that turned out to be a mistake, you know? And I do think time throughout the NFL will show you, you can't, do one of two, two things in general. You can't overreact to one game and you can't overreact to one opponent, even if it's somebody in your division. Yes, you wanna beat people in your division. You wanna win the division. But if you're so focused on one of those two things, you do tend to leave yourself open for, you know, weaknesses and mistakes in other areas. And I think the better job you do of being able to draw back and look at it from a 30,000 foot view, which I think the Packers have done a good job of, yeah, you're probably gonna build a much better, more well-rounded team. Now, but to your point, you get to a bunch of NFC championship games and you lose them all, (laughs) questions start getting asked, you know, it's like, why can't we get over the hump? I mean, look, it took shipping out Andy Reid after a ton of NFC championship game losses for the Eagles to finally go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, they finally got, you know, obviously they got McCarthy out of there. Now they've brought in Matt LaFleur to bend the two NFC championship games, still can't get over the hump. There's one common denominator there. Yeah. It's the quarterback.
1: Yeah, having a quarterback, and we, we wrote an article this week about sort of like how long, or you, you retweeted, how long How long on average do you stay elite? Packers' second longest tenure, of B, like during the new CBA, right. they've spent almost 50% of the weeks four points better than their opponents on average, which is remarkable. The okay. Patriots are 75%, which is just absurd. But as you said, the common denominator is quarterback play. And I think the Packers probably would be in that sixty to seventy percent range if they didn't get unlucky in twenty thirteen and he broke broke his collarbone. Twenty seventeen, I think, was the other right. one. And even yep. twenty eighteen remember he injured his knee and he played Four. through it. Or if like they the, had such a bad division. I mean, like, the NFC North hasn't right. necessarily been a juggernaut. They've had one. The, but, then, like, yeah. The NFC North has had one competent team aside from the Packers
0: every year. You don't know which one it is. Right? The you, right? you don't know which one it's going to be. Right,
2: yeah. exactly. But, but it's so true.
0: So let's, let's wrap this up with a little bit of now from your lens where the division stands. So the Packers. Oh, boy. Is, yeah. Is my, my, favorite my mentions part. are always fun after this. This okay, is yes, going to be great. Nice. Look, we deliver the right. goods. Um, Green Bay Packers, as I mentioned, minus 177. The Minnesota Timber Vikings are three to one. God. The Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears are f- plus four fifty, and uh, the Detroit Lions, who might actually just be literal lions running on the field by the time the season starts, are twenty-five to one. Um, what do you make of those odds there? Aaron? First, I want
1: to ask you a question: Dan Campbell yeah. or Wayne Fonts? Oh, Wayne Fonts all day. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, me too.
2: By the way, I'm just, I'm just I trying miss, to... You know what I miss? What I really miss is when like. Detroit would be winning, uh, you know, because Wayne was a good was Yeah, good Wayne coach, was great. They would, they would be winning, and then something would go wrong, whether it was a, like a deep pass against his defense or maybe his offensive line allowed a sack or whatever. Inevitably, the Fox camera would cut to Wayne Fontz on the sideline, and he had the greatest befuddled coach face of all time, <laughs> yeah, all had, time. It was just like, yeah. what the hell just happened? Like, what? Like, it was the best, and you could count on it could set your watch by it like once they face some adversity or something bad like significantly bad happened to his team he would have that look on his face we We also had a first ballot hall
0: of fame windbreaker i have an idea here (laughs) what i need from you guys because i'm i'm a young idiot what are the best so let's let's put them out here and zach who's our uh social production lead here on the on the call is going to find these and get them for us best coach faces whether it's like befuddled angry whatever so you've got wayne font's befuddled what are the other ones? wayne that come font's
2: befuddled you got to go obviously chucky's in there there's a million different gruden faces you can pull mm-hmm. um, you know it's funny i think it's not so much a face but the look of belichick after a bad call that goes against him <laughs> um the, the, that, that's always classic uh, i'm trying to think of others that i just absolutely are kind of seared in my brain uh, if you I mean I don't know how far back you want to go but we're talking Wayne Fonts so uh, there's the spittle from uh, from Mike Ditka on the mm. sideline uh, good. he was always there was always spit flying out of that man's mouth um, when he's yelling at his players um, and of yep. course I mean the the all-time great is is Buddy Ryan when he's about to deck someone that's yeah
1: that's I thought I always right. thought Buddy Ryan was great I thought Rich Kotite just had that like Bef- like the 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 you know the lights are on but no one's home look no and one's home look right <laughs> I got, the the blank that stare. was great the blank
2: stare was great um,
1: yeah. my favorite NFC North one or NFC Central what it was is the one victory the Vikings have actually had in the last like forty years which was when they drafted mm-hmm. Randy Moss in in ninety eight at, at pick twenty one yep. and ESPN goes into the Vikings war room. And Dennis Green has the biggest shit eating grin on his face that he for <laughs> once in his, his entire coaching career pulled one over on the right. whole league and got Randy yep. Moss as we're talking about Moss all day today. Like that was Dennis Green's smile was, was, was one of like most of the time it was tepid, but that was the first the first and only time I ever saw the guy truly happy about oh, he the state knew. of that team. He knew. He knew. He, knew. he fucking knew. Zero it question. was great. Was no gonna, question.
0: I was gonna say my favorite was um, Mike Singletary. Right about he, before <laughs> yeah. he's gonna take a shit in the middle of the locker. Room. <laughs> amazing, amazing, great. I've heard it was that's legendary. I can't legendary. confirm. Yes. Okay, let's get back to the division question. Though. I'll, I'll repeat the <laughs> right, odds right. here: Vikings three to one, uh, Bears plus four fifty, and Lions twenty-five to one. Um, what do you make of those? Do you agree? Yeah, disagree? I think
2: that's. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty in line with my expectation anyway um i think look i think the vikings obviously suffered a ton of injuries on defense last year and they had a lot of young guys right and zimmer i mean people talk about zimmer's coaching job or whatever but he Mm -hmm. was like kind of playing with half a deck there towards the end of the season on defense especially um but hey man you got dalvin cook i think cousins is underrated i know no packers fan wants to hear that but i think he is a good quarterback um and i think zimmer will have those guys ready to play on defense i think you know the bears you know, obviously it's all about the quarterback how long do, do they take until they go to fields what does he look like once he gets in there they've got the hogs on on defense they're yeah. gonna keep them in plenty of games uh and detroit detroit so i'm not really gonna <laughs> go too much into that but yeah to me i think the vikings are are the problem for the this interesting because laughing there's so, any question
0: so what changed because last year with mitchell trubisky and nick Foles, you said mm-hmm. that the bears were the team right. that scared you the most? I, well, last take...
2: year the Vikings were going under a. They had just traded away the receiver and got all these assets, and they had a ton. What they had Fifteen new guys. Yeah. No, no off um, really. So it was it no was sort off of... season. Um, I just didn't think it was going to gel quick, and I thought the Bears had the defense. Mm-hmm. And they just needed competent quarterback play, which I thought would well... possibly <laughs> give them. Uh, that didn't quite happen. But yeah, no, that's the, to me that's the big switch. And like, if the Vikings can stay healthy. Uh, they got another year under their belt for their young guys. Um, I think Zimmer's a hell of a coach. And I think they're strong up front, which is where you've got to be strong on defense. And he can mix and match coverages better than anybody. I, yeah, I think you know you talk about their ability to, you know if they continue to lean into the running game, which I think they will and should. Um, yeah, just manage the game, Kirk. And hmm. we'll, the defense will keep things close. And I think they're going to win a lot of ballgames. Yeah, I'm not as.
1: I mean, I remember our podcast last year. I unequivocally said I think the Vikings suck, and I thought they were going to be awful.
0: <laughs> Interestingly, right? he said that every single podcast since. So, <laughs> yes. you know. but, I, but I don't have
1: as, as strong of an opinion. In fact, I do have a Vikings ticket to win the North at four to one, which I think is a good bet. But like, I do think um, the 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 thing is, the, everything that the Vikings do this year, I think, will work to the benefit of the Packers. And here's what I mean: if they stink, that's obviously going to work to the benefit of the Packers, but Kirk is coming off of two really good seasons. If he improves again, they're probably going to have to sign him to an extension, mm. which I think is a long-term bad play for Minnesota. Plus for And a plus, a plus and for, a plus for Green Bay because as what we talked about. Like, your cousins is a good quarterback. I think a very, like, a good quarterback. Yeah. But I don't think that that team, because Harrison Smith's getting older, Danell Hunter might leave at some point. Like, yep. their their elite talent is come, kind of going yeah. out the door. And when if they replenish it, I don't think they're going to be able to do as well when Kirk makes what Dak is making. Right. And so, right. It, to me, this is a season where the Vikings may very well. It might be, like, two years ago where they win 10 games.
0: Yeah. But I think long term, like, they're not scaring the Packers. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. I hear you. It, my take on it, Aaron, and I'm curious your thought, is like the Packers might be the biggest threat from an average margin of victory standpoint. Mm-hmm. But if I'm thinking about actually losing a game I have to win, the thing that worries me most is Justin Fields being good. Because Justin Fields being good is better than Kirk Cousins. He, he's dynamic as an athlete. The ceiling
2: is much higher. Right.
0: Yeah, and so like what worries me, and like I would even – Think about the Lions in this way. It's like, what worries me long term, you know, and what what worries me and the if everything hits? And so, in this season, to me, the Bears have the the chance to actually unseat if things click. They could beat an Aaron I mean, Rodgers, like
2: right? Oh, I mean, oh absolutely. The, the major if is Matt Nagy. I mean, oh, what have we seen from Nagy that would ever have us thinking, oh boy, he's really going to unlock this kid? Well, I, you know.
1: I disagree. Like, I I guess we've had this take yesterday, but, like... Yeah, expound upon it, because this is... You were really honest. Because I think if you look at all the graphs of, like, how a quarterback grades versus how efficient the offense actually is, like, the Bears are almost always a team that's way more efficient than the quarterback plays. And, like, I think it was way more pronounced in 18. I thought 19 was Nagy's, like, mission to prove to the owner that Trubisky sucked. So then he, (laughs) like, ran a normal offense, right? And then last year they they were sat like last year i thought his play calling with nick Foles was awful but i also but he like went. it was a mind-numbing yeah was, he went six and three in the games that Trubisky around. played like he trubisky i mean say what you want about risky but both he and the bears are eight games over 500 during the the naggy situation and right. like to me i think that that's part like now granted i don't know what's cause. Co- i don't think it's causal i don't know but like the defense is clearly an, a, a good thing for them, but like to be, there's a ton of teams with great defenses that like, aren't eight games over 500 the last three years. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done a decent job of extracting more out of that ability that Trubisky has, which is, I think, remarkably yeah. limited.
2: I guess. I mean, to me, I just think there have been way more opportunities with the talent that they had on hand. Maybe not last year, but the, the years he's been there. Um, I just see a guy who really reminds me of way early Andy Reid in the sense of he's got a lot of things that he can do he loves cooking in the kitchen but man sometimes you just need you just need something simple for dinner and yeah. he's always trying to make this six course meal when it's like dude I just want some ramen yeah like, that will win you ball games well and, and um, wait are we, t- are we and talking that's not like, like I can't point to a single like well he calls the screen on third and three way too much like yeah. dude, I, I'm not, I'm not going to break it down to that level but it does seem that every time I'm watching the Bears it's like what what are you doing yeah. like the nick Foles stretch was embarrassing why is cordero uh, patterson running from the I formation like, like there's just, stuff like that, that because he's a uh, generational well, talent <laughs> <Sure>. but <laughs> they also saw the patriots do it so they were like okay yeah.
0: let's try that I, well my question is like what kind of ramen are you talking like is this microwave top ramen or are you? Well,
2: you know, it's a nice ramen place. Obviously, oh. it's the NFL. You got to, you got to do. Gotta yeah, do top I mean, you're a ramen.
0: New York guy. Like, it, good ramen. Nothing to sh- nothing to shit on. No, good no, ramen. I
2: know. But I'm just saying, it's a lot easier to make that ramen than it is like to go out and go to okay. 21 Club. I'm just, just trying to like, stick up for the ramen
1: chefs out there, there making beautiful meals. I do think against okay. Green Bay, he has looked <laughs> particularly bad.
2: I will say that. Like, I do think. Yeah, and some, and that might be the bias on my end, right? Because that's obviously where I've seen the most of True. his work. True. Um, which is weird when you're you're struggling against Mike Pett. It's just right.
1: It's well, and that and that's the thing. But like they are the Green Bay defense, even when they were bad, were athletic. And I always thought that the Bears did a right. good job of getting athletic players like Tariq Cohen yeah. and those guys into space. And the the Packers. That's the what one, always worried me,
2: but that it just never really materialized. Yeah, yeah. and, and the, that's the, kind of maybe that's why maybe that's the perception yeah. that I'm dealing with. That's,
0: would you would you that's rather bet? Would you rather bet? And I'm going to ask both of you this question: Would you rather bet Minnesota at three to one or Chicago at? Plus four fifty,
2: probably Minnesota, three to one.
1: Eric, uh, I mean, I I'm going to I'm going to go Bears. Yeah, at this price,
2: <laughs> I. And at, you've been yelling about how the Vikings suck for so long. And I don't yeah, I mean, you, I, have we, you have to. And, do and that I don't now. even think they suck that bad now.
1: But <laughs> I, I and I I'm would fine. take them at a better price. But like I think right now, like neither team is competing with Green Bay if Rogers is playing. And you get average outcomes. Like it's just not happening. Right. But
2: well, it's if, funny because the Vikings showed how they can beat the best way to beating this Packers team last year in Lambeau yeah. when they just took the air out of the game and completely kept it out of Aaron's hands.
1: Ask God was for it. thirty mile an hour wins. Yeah, that, that's the way to beat <laughs> the, the wind. Definitely helps. The <laughs> yeah. wind definitely helps. It was but actually
2: just simmer puffing it was, it was his way down. <laughs> touchdown! Touchdown! touchdown touchdown yeah. and then the second half they just never let aaron have the ball yeah
0: that was I a that was an weird way to it. It weird it was so weird the yeah. whole game that whole
2: afternoon
0: i remember that um I, so our simulations uh have minnesota winning both these teams not winning more than 15 percent of the time but chicago just barely winning a couple of percentage points more frequently than minnesota i am not showing my justin field's back tattoo it's a full one aaron by the way um <laughs> But, right, you know, right. that, that's where I stand. That's all
2: right. My, my Jordan Love tramp stamp will, will be revealed at some point. Ooh, it's all good. Can we reveal it? I just want to be there.
0: Um, now that, you know, COVID, no the pandemic stream. coming to an end, maybe I can, you know, we can join. We'll go to a ramen place.
2: And there then a couple sakis in. An, an event, partnership between PFF and Cheesehead TV. I'm,
0: I, I'm here for it. Um, I want to get you out of here on this. We've had a lot of talk about best deep threats of all time. Oh, God. And, uh... I
2: this is know. such nonsense. My God. I know, but I just, I such gotta, internet fodder. You like, do a, I literally did a rant yesterday about how, like, the ranking of stuff and, like, the greatest of all time stuff is so overblown at this point. I, I it agree. is all the internet has become. We have three and a half yeah. months left.
1: We got it. We got it. See it, it so I,
2: agree. I, agree.
0: I think it's, it's overblown so on, on Twitter. It's overblown on Twitter, but I enjoy. So overblown. I enjoy talking about it in a conversation with people whose well, opinions I respect.
2: That, well, we talked about it at the start of the, the show, right? Yeah. Like the idea of sitting down, having a beer, and having a, a chat with someone about it. Like there, I'm 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 down. I'm cool. Yeah, you're right about that.
0: Who would you, Who would you pound the table for?
2: Randy Moss. Like no question. Yeah. I can't. I I get Tyreek Hill is awesome. I understand it. Um, I know Jerry Rice was amazing. Uh, hell, I go back to Don Hudson incredible deep he was threat. good but i i actually Ra- threw a randy name into our, was unparalleled i actually
1: threw a name into our show notes that I, i'm thinking that you might like james lofton Lofton was
2: great but he wasn't as great as moss well, well of God course i'm really just saying too. like he
0: was great deep, in the conversation He was no randy moss yeah i think i would take moss with one hand
2: yeah of course <laughs> seriously my,
1: my sneaky one though my sneaky one though and i've been pounding the table for this in chats on the internet I think Isaac Bruce should get way more attention for being the fifth wow. most uh, fifth most productive receiver of all time. It's- With Tony Banks at quarterback for half his career, yeah,
2: right. I mean, he die. ran he ran one of the prettiest post routes. Of yes, all time. I will give and he caught a game
1: no winning touchdown it. in the Super Bowl for the Rams. Yep. The St. Yep. Louis Rams have a Super Bowl title.
2: Well, remember, and, and wasn't the Vikings that when, don't. Was it um, who was it? Who was the defensive coordinator? Somebody was it Dungy? through the or no no I can't remember who it was, but somebody threw a zero blitz at Warner. And then he yeah. found the one-on-one with Bruce. Mm-hmm. That was
1: Greg great, Williams. Is the, the, the was, it was the defensive for the fuck like, did you yeah, think yeah, yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, yeah. it was an all-time great coaching staff because you had fit Jeff Fisher wearing like the Old Navy performance <laughs> fleece yes, on the sideline during that Super Bowl. And then you had. I just remember
2: it was the one time almost the entire game where yeah. they sent heavy pressure.
1: Yeah, because they were so afraid burned that. Them. That that was a weird year the time in NFL because in '98 you had the Vikings offense which was just amazing led the league and then the next year the Rams offense the greatest show on turf was like even more freaky and so the Titans it's I thought like Greg Morris did a great Falk, job Marshall in that Falk Super took, Bowl
2: made everything just that much crazier because yeah. you could utilize him any which way yeah you I mean, had Azikian like you had, had Torrey Holt as a rookie card. yeah it was Absolutely. amazing I
0: I actually lied I had one more question uh, and this right. is this shows how much I respect you. We do a segment on our show where we recommend we just started we recommend things that we've tried to to our listeners right and i'm curious anything you know over the course of the past whatever six eight months whatever it is a movie or something you've purchased or a thing that you've implemented in your lifestyle that you would recommend as a man of taste (laughs) to uh you were doing great
2: right up until that um you know actually a good friend of mine uh turned me on to it's not a gratitude journal, but it is a gratitude method. When Hmm. I wake up every single morning, I take a minute rather than reaching for my phone, which is how I existed for a very long time. Same. I wake up, I I let my feet touch the ground as I roll out of bed and I center myself and I list in my head, I don't say it out loud, but I list in my head, uh, three or four things that I'm really grateful for. And it really, has made a difference to how I approach each and every day. Uh, It sounds simple and it is, but it it has made a profound, it has had a profound effect on me. And so I, I, I highly encourage anyone, if you're maybe struggling with anything in your life, as far as like distraction or anxiety or what have you, your feet hit the ground in the morning, just take a second, list in your head three or four things that you Mm -hmm. are grateful for before you start your day. And it makes a world of difference. I like that. That -hmm. was the right way to end
0: this podcast. We always appreciate it. We're grateful that you have come on the show. Ah, Yes. There you go. You've got one down. There it is. (laughs) Uh, Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV. You can find him on Twitter and anything uh, at Aaron Nagler. I believe that's your. uh, That's the one. That's the one. And uh, anything Packers related or music related. He has some good music tips as well uh, that I happen to enjoy. So go check him out. Aaron, thanks for hanging out, buddy.
2: Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me on again, guys.
0: As usual, special thanks to uh, Aaron for hanging out with us. He's always very generous with his time. Um, I, I want to ask you just as we close out: What was the most interesting thing? Your kind of your big takeaway from hearing him talk, particularly about the Packers, I guess.
1: Uh, well, I think he believes that Rodgers is going to return. I think that's big. Um, he also believes that Rodgers' return will lead to a a you know a run by the Packers, which. Given how well they've done the last two seasons and how weak the NFC is, um, is certainly a, a reasonable assumption to make. Um, so I, I like I thought that was great. I also think like when we talk about fan bases like Green Bay and like Pittsburgh, like there are these like long drawn out. You know sort of histories where they don't these fan bases and these teams don't get to experience these things very much right. so then when there when there are possibilities for you know quarterback changes or coach changes or being bad for a couple of years like these like it's really hard and i think that that's where we get some pushback because you know we just we view the green bay packers as just another franchise when in reality like they've had an, a historic run mm-hmm. over the past 30 40 years and if that is coming to an end it's going to be pretty abrupt
0: for anybody that really follows the team yeah I- i'll say my t- non rogers takeaway was his um belief in the vikings being potentially a bigger uh threat yeah. than the bears and we talked about that that was something that i hadn't really thought about all the you know rookies coming to be i think that's that
1: reasonable stuff. by the way in the betting markets i know our friend ben baldwin asked like why is everybody so low on tennessee yeah the Tennessee Titans this year are the Vikings last year, where like you lose a lot of skilled players, you lose a lot of players in the secondary, you're not quite good at rushing the passer, and you have a good draft. Like we all liked the Vikings draft last right. year, but it takes especially in a pandemic off it's just gonna take longer. Well,
0: and the Vikings hit as big as you can hit on their first draft yeah, pick yep. you know and and um
1: they they don't have the defensive front that aaron said like i i don't believe i don't think michael pierce and and dalvin tomlinson are the second coming of the williams wall and and i think hunter there's still a, a a non-zero chance he's traded um so i'm not as bullish on that defense maybe as he is but it, it does stand a reason that they're Rookie rookies from 9 and 20 and 19 yeah, will we'll emerge and play well this year
0: my, my big takeaway from it And I said this uh, alluded to it. It's just like how often real-world people Situations show up in things that we feel like are like these mythical worlds I think a lot of people look at the NFL and they go like oh, it's a world. I could never understand I could never be in it, you know far be it from me to understand what's going on It's like no actually this is a communication issue it's something that happens all over the place. Yeah. You can apply it to your own life and think about how that's either burned you in the past or it can help you in the future. And it, you know, it like I always think about this too with people in positions of power who have achieved great things. The ability to be arrogant after you feel like you've done something right is it's so easy. And I do think that plays into this too, like a desire not to communicate with someone who could reasonably be thought of as being more powerful and more of the reason that the team is successful than you are. Certainly, I feel like is in play, and um, I just think it's cool, like to see that it's something that big and that far out there really boils down to something that simple.
1: Yeah, and and I think yes, you're absolutely right, and I think that that's where a lot of mistakes are made, right? Because you know we live in like a we live in a pretty winner take all society like this this is a fun statistical discussion but like we live in a winner take all society in many ways mm-hmm. and the and there's been studies that like the difference between i think the book is called success versus luck it's actually a very good book it, it, like the difference between the 80th percentile and the 99th percentile is is less It's more noise than signal, but the 99th percentile individual gets all the spoils, and then that person is then in charge. So, like, Brian Gutekunst is, like, among all the guys that he was talking about, you know, in that, by the way, UWL grad, all all the way through that, like, he's the one that emerges, and there's a bunch of people, you know, so he gets to make all these decisions, but – it the difference between him and the next best person for the GM job may have just been noise, but you have like sort of the arrogance and the and the, arrogance is the wrong word, but you have the assuredness that might not be necessarily like uh, following yeah. from that. Well, move. And I think
0: I think the key thing that he pointed out was like this is Mark Murphy. Yeah, he should be the one that understands how this works and should have the comfort, yeah. you know, the the understanding, the like. You know, I this is why you hire people with experience, you know, right? Yeah. Like they are they are able to take their experiences and apply them forward. So, uh, fascinating. That's why I love uh, that we had Aaron the, on. The interesting thing I, th- I will say, the last interesting thing he said that
1: I thought was he does not come off of his stance that you should draft quarterbacks mm-hmm. when you don't need them. Um, which is in, which I think I'm more convinced now than ever if you have. A Hall of Fame quarterback, you it, it, you should ne- you should just let it ride. I, uh, and I'll push back. Deal on that. with the badness. I'm going to push back out.
0: on that a little bit. Aaron Rodgers statistically was someone that we did not mm-hmm. feel was playing at a Hall of Fame level yeah. at that point. I, I don't I I don't disagree with you. Like I don't think what you're saying is wrong. Yeah, but I'm saying that I think what Aaron is is saying is if you just communicate well. This isn't this is a non-story, yeah. but that when you're looking at how Rodgers had performed, it was something that made some rational sense. Now, I don't, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done it personally. You know, I wouldn't have traded up for Jordan Love, but um, I think the concept of taking a quarterback is not offensive. I
1: think the imp, the the impulse to move on from Rodgers was natural, and I think it came from a place uh, that there was factual reasons to do it in my opinion when he's a hall of fame qb like that if he's capable of this this is also part of the matt ryan story too you either move on before you take the next guy or you just let it ride to me that's the that's that's the course i would have taken but i i can as i said with with aaron i can understand fans of a franchise many of whom have not even lived through the bad times like wanting that bridge i just in the research we've done this week it's like the the spoils to being average are just not that good right like just be be great or let it ride, let them ride off in the sunset and then be dog shit for a couple years and get your next guy i that's my
0: that's your word that's my word sticking to it that was our podcast we thank you guys all for hanging out with us we love you have a great rest of your week we'll see you all sunday night peace out